It's quarter number two on the Keystone Kickoff Show. Brought to you by the Keystone Sports Network. Get the best Penn State sports news and analysis at KeystoneSportsNetwork.com or download the Keystone Sports app from your smartphone. Welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. It is quarter number two. I'm Jim Galante along with Dustin Hawkinsmith. Dustin, in the first segment, we began our new series on the KSN Top 40. So we're doing the Top 40 countdown. I wasn't sure if you were old enough to remember Casey Kasem in the Top 40. I thought that was before your time. No, I was a pretty young kid, but I I, I definitely listened to it um, back in the day. I don't know what his last uh, year was on, on the air, but... Um, I feel like late '80s he was still on the air, and that's when I would have what I uh, would have been listening to it. Well, on satellite radio, I listen. They replay his '70s stuff from the '70s, so it's on the '70s station. So I figured that that was his time frame. But you're probably right; he probably made his way through the '80s. Anyway, here's our countdown for the 2020s. Our Specifically, the 2022 season, we had at number 40, wide wide receiver Caden Saunders. At 39 was cornerback Johnny Dixon. At number 38, defensive end Damian Robinson. Really interesting guy here, Dusty. He was a five-star recruit out of high school from Maryland. Penn State did recruit him heavily. Again, being from Maryland, that's prime turf for Penn State. He did play as a true freshman at Maryland. They use him a little bit differently than it seems like how Penn State has him planned. But he he definitely has three years of eligibility left. Very, very interesting transfer portal guy, is he not? He is. I mean, he, he's got a lot of the tools that you want in an edge rusher. And, and maybe part of the reason that he was um, back in the market was that he didn't like how he was being used at, at Maryland. So he is officially on campus. I think it was on Saturday uh, he tweeted out that he was home. So he, he's there. And, um, you know, obviously, you know, some of these transfer guys going to get a little bit of a late start in terms of their arrival. But the fact that he's played at this level before um, helps a lot. Um, I think – you know, you look at this defensive end situation at Penn State, and it's it's a nervous one for me. You think about needing Adisa Isaac to, to be healthy for a full season, needing Nick Tarburton, who prior to last season had big-time health issues, uh, needing both of those guys to be healthy and, and really strongholds to this rotation. That is a nervous situation. And, you know, I, th- I think obviously Penn State needs multiple guys to, to cycle in behind them and bring something and, and maybe even be ready for a full-scale starting job if that's what ends up being needed. Uh, Damien Robinson is at the top of that list, for near the top of that list at least for me. Um, I'm not quite sure what to expect from him, you know, in year one after his arrival. But the fact that he played at Maryland and, uh, you know, it, it might be a little bit of a transition to a new defense and, and a new position at this level. There could be a little bit of uh, acclimation time that he needs, but he's a really talented kid. Uh, looking back in the 2021 cycle, 
Uh, 24-7 Sports had him as the number 22 player in the country, the number two edge rusher, and had him as a five-star. Those are the site rankings. So, you know, he's got that twitch and athleticism, that long frame that you want uh, in a defensive end. I would not project him to match what Arnold Ebicati did last season in his arrival um, because he did that in, at the tail end of his career. He, he was ready for that moment. But I think Damian Robinson will will maybe start a little slow and, and bring something to the table that, uh, that Penn State really, really needs in that defensive end rotation. I think you've got a few guys on this list who, okay, Penn State needs one of these guys at least uh, to be a reliable pass rusher who can stay healthy, who can round out that rotation, because I'm just not sure how exactly that thing's going to take shape as the season goes on. And you need a lot of good things to go your way uh, if you're going to be really competitive in that department. James Franklin, it was no secret that he was looking to add at that position, that he was looking uh, for somebody to rush the quarterback. It's no secret that the new defensive coordinator likes to put pressure on the quarterback. You know, when he answered the question about pass coverage, he said the best pass coverage is a good pass rush. And that was Manny Diaz, what he had to say. Do you get the feeling that... I understand why you have Damian Robinson at number 38, but with his pedigree, there aren't many guys who come out of high school as five-star guys. With his pedigree, at the end of the year, if you redo this ranking, he might be one of those guys who shoot straight up. You, you put a star next to his 38 because he could be a quick riser. Yeah, I, th- I think if there was a little bit more clarity on my end about how ready he was, to, how ready he is to play this position and play it at a high level and, and uh, be an impact player, you know, if that was a little bit more clear on my, on my front, or if I, I knew a little bit more about his reasoning for leaving Maryland after one year, um, there are a lot of a lot of reasons that you could uh, make the case that he should be higher. But if he is as good as advertised uh, in year one. I'd be stunned if he were the 38th most impactful guy on this roster. I think uh, this was just a little bit of pause on my end and saying I need to wait and see a little bit about who this kid really is and if he's built uh, to be an impact edge rusher immediately um, and and uh, and things like that. So I, I think he's going to play a key role. I, I have him as a depth player right now. You know, the the next the second wave of that defensive end rotation. But if he you know if he makes Makes good on all that physical talent. He could have a really nice year and a really nice career at Penn State. Uh, I just am not quite certain right now what that's going to look like immediately. Again, there's a there's a route, there's a path for him to get on the field, get on the field early, and make a difference on this team by playing that position. All right, Dusty. Next up. And we talk about this a lot. We talk about players who we individually are just, well, we have our man crushes, okay? We have the players, they, they're not necessarily the superstars, but they, they are the players that we just gravitate to. Years ago, Saeed Blacknall, I famously had a crush on. I just, I thought the world of him. This is one of my guys, tight end Tyler Warren. He's 6'6". 252. I just think there's some special skills there. Now, this is a guy who played quarterback in high school, so he's still learning this position. 
And occasionally I just get carried away when I see an individual play by a guy. And he made a play in the in the bowl game that I just wasn't sure the other tight ends would be able to make. I like Tyler Warren. I think he's going to have a bigger role this year. I think his role gets bigger. I also feel like the complexion of that tight end depth chart should probably evolve a little bit. And how that ultimately looks, I'm not quite sure yet. But, you know, no disrespect to Brenton Strange, but I think Theo Johnson and Tyler Warren both kind of command a little bit more because they're both pretty unique athletes. They're not, they're both unique in their own ways. But um, Brenton Strange is a really solid guy. He's probably the best blocker out of that group. He's the most seasoned of that group. But they've got some things to mix and match here. And they've got some, you know, two or three tight end packages that they, that they use to have all three of these guys back for a second year in a row. And clearly, you know, Tyler Warren has been far from an afterthought with his Penn state coaching staff. They made sure that he had a quality role last year because they see the unique assets that he has as an athlete. And to your point, you know, the, the kind of plays that he can make, um, more famously to people who might not have been looking at the night, number three tight end too much last year was the, the Wildcat quarterback on all that, that, that package that was overused. Um, I think we'll still see that a couple times this year, but I do think um, he's going to be unleashed a little bit more as both a blocker and a receiver because he can do some really unique things. And uh, he's another guy, you know, if his role were to grow or if for some reason or another, let's say Brenton Strange or Theo Johnson would get injured, you've got a built-in, you know, guy who, who can emerge and, and play a bigger role whenever you need him to. I really like Tyler Warren also, and uh, I think he, he just commands something bigger than what he had last year, and uh, I think we'll see that unfold. I just don't know, is it at someone's expense? Do they use the tight end more? Is that going to be a bigger part of Mike Yersich's offense? They've got a really unique situation here with three really starter caliber guys. How do you go about maximizing that? And, you know, the answer to that question is going to include Tyler Warren as your number three tight end for now. And our colleague Ross Tucker, when he was asked a question and asked Ross about if he were to get a phone call from Mike Yursich and advice on what he would do with the offense, what would he say? And one of the things that he brought up was more two tight end sets, having at least two tight ends on the field, which of course would mean more work for Tyler Warren. He would get out there more often. And again, the fact that he was a quarterback in high school, those double passes where you you don't even have to put him in as at quarterback, but out at tight end, can you still see a double pass? First it goes to him, a backwards pass, and then he throws the ball. Just the threat of doing that, I think, can be important for an offense. There's always a threat of it. And I think, you know, one thing that you, you will get from last season is that having Tyler Warren and using him as that Wildcat quarterback, it's going to put defenses on red alert when he's on the field. And yeah, if you want to run that same Wildcat nonsense, being on red alert 
it isn't helpful to Penn State's offense. But if you were thinking another step or two beyond that and want to give that look and go to something else or, or the double the double pass thing, um, you can use what is on film against opposing defenses in really unique ways with Tyler Warren because he can run it, he can throw it. I think he can do the full gamut of, of route running and, and you can use him in the short, medium, deep game down the seam. I mean, I think we've only just begun to see what he's capable of doing and I think you're going to see you know because he's so unique in that regard uh, you're going to see Penn State use him in some more gadgetry type situations Uh, but I think obviously he's more than that Um, and and he's a player whose role should grow and I'm really fascinated to see like I don't really know what do tight ends mean to Mike Yersich they're going to have to mean something more than maybe they have in the past because he's blessed with this group uh, that runs three deep where we're talking about Tyler Warren as the as the number three guy, you know, they're going to have to make use of that. And maybe he should call Ross Tucker up and get that piece of advice. Well, I also like the idea if you play, if you put Theo Johnson and Tyler Warren on the field at the same time, you have two players who are six foot six, over 250 pounds. At least one of them has to be set up in a mismatch, right? guaranteed I think both more often than not both of them will be in mismatch situations you know why wouldn't you want to use that exactly and if if the offense becomes a bit more proficient we're going to see more offensive plays and have more opportunity all right Dustin that is it for quarter number two stay tuned in quarter number three we get our good friend from statecollege.com Ben Jones with us stay tuned for that This is Jen from Collegiate Athletic Travel. We've been offering travel to the biggest Penn State games for over 50 years. This fall, we continue that tradition in partnership with Keystone Sports Network with a trip to the Penn State Auburn game. Join us for charter flight, staying at the team hotel, transportation to and from the game, and even a great tailgate party at the stadium are included. For more information, go to athletictravel.com or call 1-800-788-4414. See you there. In his book, Why Penn State, author Greg Woodman takes readers on a trip back in time to Happy Valley in the 1980s, a unique era of gridiron success and rapid expansion that gave our university its modern identity. Whether you're traveling down memory lane or discovering old states past for the first time, this compilation of rare photos, original essays, and exclusive interviews helps you explore the why behind We Are. Start your journey today. Order online at whypennstate.com.